Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Next Chapter Podcast presents the Play On Podcast series, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Episode 3, An Asshead of Your Own. For the best listening experience, be sure to use headphones or earbuds. Lord, what fools these mortals be. You spotted slaves with double tongues. Are we all here? Ready? Yes! Yes! And here is a marvelous, convenient place for our rehearsal. This green plot shall be our stage. And this hawthorn bush, our dressing room. And we will perform it now as we'll perform it for the Duke. Peter Quince. What do you have to say, oh bossy bottoms? There are things in this comedy of Pyramus and Thisbe that will never please. First, Pyramus must draw a sword to kill himself, which the ladies cannot abide. How do you answer that? Oh, snap. It is a risky move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's best we leave the killing out when all is done. Not a whit. I have a device to make all well. Write me a prologue and let the prologue seem to say, oh, we will do no harm with our swords and that Pyramus is not killed indeed. And to make the audience feel even better, tell them that I, Pyramus, am not Pyramus, but Bottom the Weaver. This will put them out of fear. We will have such a prologue. And it shall be written in eight lines and six lines. No, make it two more. Let it be written in eight and eight. Mm -hmm. Will not the ladies be afeard of the lion? I fear it, I promise you. Masters, you ought to consider amongst yourselves to bring in God protect us. A lion among ladies is a most dreadful thing. For there's no more fearful a wild fowl than your lion living. (laughs) We ought to deal with it. Uh, Then 
Another prologue must tell that he's not a lion. Nay, you must name his name, and half his face must be seen through the lion's neck, and he himself must speak through, saying thus, or to the same defect, ladies, or fair ladies, I would wish you, or I would request you, or I would beg you not to fear... Not to tremble, my life for yours. <laughs> if you think I come out here as a lion, it would be the saddest thing in my life. No, I am no such thing. I am a man, as other men are. And there, indeed, let him say his name and spell it out that he is Snug the Joiner. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, it shall be so. But there is two hard things. That is... To bring the moonlight into a chamber, for you know, Pyramus and Thisbe meet by moonlight. Will the moon shine the night of our play? A calendar! A calendar! Look in the almanac! And the moon shines! And the moon shines! Yes! It shines at night! And may you leave a panel of the great chamber window open, and the moon may shine through it. <laughs> sure, or else one must come in with a bush of thorns and a lantern and say he comes to disfigure or to present the person of moonshine. <laughs> then there is another thing. We must have a wall in the great chamber for Pyramus and Thisbe says the story, chatted through the gash in a wall. You can never bring in a wall. What say you, Bottom? Huh. Uh-huh. Some man or other must present wall and let him have some plaster or some brick or some cement about him to signify wall and let him hold his fingers thus and through that gash... Shall Pyramus and Thisbe whisper? If that may be, then all is well. (laughs) Sit down, every mother's child, and rehearse your parts. Pyramus, you begin. When you have spoken your speech, enter into that bush. And so everyone, according to his cue... Hillbillies have we that flounce about so near the cradle of the fairy queen. A play? If so, I'll play the critic's part. An actor, too, perhaps, if I've the chance. Speak, Pyramus! Thisbe, stand forth. Thisbe! Thisbe! The flowers of odious savor sweet. Odorous! Odorous. Odorous, savor, sweet. So has your breath, my dearest Thisbe, dear. But listen up. A voice. Stay here a while, and soon enough I will to you appear. <laughs> a stranger Pyramus has never played here. Uh, must I speak now? I indeed, you must... For you must understand, he goes but to huh? see a noise that he heard and will come back again. Most 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 radiant pyramus, most lily white of hue, 
of color like the red rose in a briar. Most spiky juvenile and lovely, too. As true as truest horse that yet would never tire, I'll meet you, Pyramus, at Ninny's tomb. Ninus tomb, man. <laughs> Why, you must not speak that yet. That you answer to Pyramus. You speak all your part at once. Cues and all. Pyramus, enter. Your cue is passed. It is never tire. Oh. <clears throat> Ready? As true as truest horse that yet would never tire. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> If I were fair, Thisbe, I were only yours. Oh, Bottom, you are transformed. What do I see on you? What do you see? You see an asshat of your own, do you? Monsters, oh, strange. We are haunted. Pray, masters, flee, masters. I'll lead or follow on a path around. Through bog, through bushes, and through hedge and briar. Sometime a horse I'll be. Sometime a hound, a hog, a headless bear. Sometimes a fire. A neigh and bark and grunt and roar and burn. Like horse, hound, hog, bear, fire at every turn. This is a knavery of them to make me a feared. Bless you, Bada, bless you. What a makeover. <laughs> oh, I see through their mischief. It's to make an ass of me. To scare me, if they could. But I will not budge from this place. Do what they can. I will walk up and down here, and I will sing so they shall hear that I am not afraid. The weasel cock so black of hue with orange tawny bill. The throstle with the note so true, the wren with little quill. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. What 
angel wakes me from my flowery bed. The finch, the sparrow, and the lark, the plain song cuckoo gray, uh, uh, whose notes that many a man doth mark and dares not answer nay. For indeed, what man would choose to be as foolish as a bird? Who would give a bird such respect, even though what he says is cuckoo? I pray you, gentle mortal, sing again. My ear is much enamored of your sound. So are my eyes enthralled by your shape. The power of your virtue forces me, on my first view, to say, to swear, I love you. you shall have little reason for that. And yet, to speak the truth, reason and love keep little company together nowadays. The more the pity that some honest neighbors will not make them friends. Nay, I can't gleek upon occasion. You are as wise as you are beautiful. Not so neither. But if I had wit enough to get out of this wood, I have enough to serve my own purpose. Out of this wood? Nay, dare not leave this spot. You shall stay here. Whether you like or not, I am a spirit of no common rate. The summer still attends upon my state, and I do love you. Oh. Therefore, go with me. I'll give you fairies to attend on you, and they shall fetch you jewels from the deep. And sing while you on pressed flowers sleep. And I will purge your mortal grossness so that you shall like an airy spirit go. Peas blossom. Mm-hmm. Cobweb. Up. Moth. And mustard seed. Yeah. Ready. And I. And I. And I. Where, Where shall we go? go? Be kind and courteous to this gentlewoman. <laughs> Hop in her walks and frolic in her eyes. Feed her with apricots and dewberries, with purple grapes, green figs, and mulberries. The honey bags steal from the humble bees, and for night candles, crop their waxen thighs and light them at the fiery glowworm's eyes. To have my love to bed and to arise And pluck the wings from painted butterflies To fan the moonbeams from her sleeping eyes Nod to her elves and do her curtisize Hail, mortal Hail Hail I beg for your honor's mercy heartily I beg your worship's name Cobweb. Well, I would like to know you better, good Mistress Cobweb. If I cut my finger, I shall approach you. <laughs> oh, oh, your name, honest gentleman? Peace, Blossom. Oh, I pray you commend me to Mistress Squash, your mother, and to Master Peace God, your father. <laughs> good Master Peace Blossom, I shall wish to know you better too. <laughs> Your, your name, I beseech you, sir. Mustard seed. 
Good Master Mustard Seed. I know you're suffering well. That bloated sides of beef devoured many a gentleman of your house. I promise you your condiment relations have made my eyes water before now. I desire more acquaintance, good Master Mustard Seed. Come, wait upon her. Lead her to my bower. The moon regards us with a watery eye, and when she weeps, weeps every little flower. She mourns for some demanding chastity. Tie up my love's tongue. Bring her silently. I wonder if Titania is awake. Then, what it was that next came in her sight, which she must love on in extremity. <laughs> Here comes my messenger. How now, mad spirit? What's the commotion round this haunted grove? My mistress, with a monster, is in love! <laughs> Beside her private and most cozy bower, while she was in her dull and sleeping hour, a crew of actors, rude mechanicals that work for bread upon Athenian stalls, were met together to rehearse a play intended for Great Theseus' wedding day. The dumbest mongrel of a barren sort, who Pyramus presented in their sport, gave up her scene and entered in a hedge. I took advantage as I had the edge. An ass's mask I fixed upon her head! As such, her thisbe must be answered. And forth my mimic comes. When she they spy, as geese that see the creeping hunter's eye, or reddish-headed jackdaws, some in sort, rising and shouting at the gun's report, remove themselves and so take to the sky! (laughs) So, at her sight... Away her fellows fly, and at our sound there, or and or one falls. He cries, help, murder, and for Athens calls. Their senses weakened, so their fears are strong. Made senseless things begin to do them wrong. For briars and thorns at their apparel snatch. Some sleeves, some hats, on bush thorns all do catch. I led them on in this distracted fear, and left sweet Pyramus transformed there. When in that moment, so it came to pass, Titania waked and straightway loved an ass. Oh, this outcome's better than I dare devise. (laughs) (laughs) But... Have you yet wet the Athenians' eyes with love juices as I asked you to do? I took him sleeping. That is finished, too. And the Athenian woman by his side, that when he woke, she was the first he spied. Hermia! Hermia! Stand close. This is the same Athenian. Uh, She is the woman, but he's not the man. Hermia! Hermia. Uh, Oh! Why reject the one who loves you so? Say words so bitter to your bitter foe. Now I but nag, but I should treat you worse. For you, Demetrius, gave me cause to curse. If you have slain Lysander in his sleep, continue plunging then and knife me deep. The sun was not as faithful to the day as he to me. Would he have sneaked away from sleeping Hermia? 
I'll as soon believe. This solid earth is hollowed, and the moon made to its center creep and so displeased to drown the noontide with the earth's other seas. It cannot be, but you have murdered him. So murderers should look, so dead, so grim. So should the murdered look, and so should I, pierced through the heart that you might say goodbye. Yet you, the murderer, look as bright, as clear as Venus yonder in her glimmering sphere. Oh, what's this to my Lysander? Where is he? Oh, good Demetrius, give him up to me. I had rather give his carcass to my hounds. Out, dog! Out, mongrel! You surpass the bounds of maiden's patience. Have you slain him then? If so, you'll not be counted among men. For once, be real, be truthful for my sake. Dare you have looked upon him being awake, and have you killed him sleeping? Hey, nice touch. Could not a worm or serpent do so much? A serpent did it, and with divided tongue that you, you snake, you never serpent stung. You waste your rage on a mistaken mood. I am not guilty of Lysander's blood, nor is he dead. For aught that I can tell. I pray you, promise me that he is well. And if I could... What would I do it for? A privilege. Hmm. Never to see me more. And from your hated presence, off I go. Ugh. No further see me, whether dead or no! Uh, hmm. uh, I'd, uh, I'd better not pursue her fierce disdain. So, for a moment... Here I will remain. As sorrow's heaviness grows heavier yet, she bankrupted the sleep where I am at debt. Which now, in small amounts, I'll gladly pay. My tenderness may tender rest today. you done? Do you not realize you placed my magic on a true love's eyes? You failed me to degrees you can't undo. It's true love falsified, not false turned true. Then fate's to blame. When one man keeps his vow, a million others break theirs anyhow. Uh, go, swifter than the wind, this would about. And Helena of Athens, you'll find out. All lovesick, now in deficit of cheer, with sighs of love to make a lion fear. By some illusion, you will bring her here. I'll charm his eyes to love what shall appear. I go. I go! Look how I go! Swifter than arrow from Barbarian's bow! Flower of this purple dye, hit with Cupid on the sly, sink in apple of his eye. With his love he soon shall spy, let her beauty amplify. Like a Venus of the sky. When you wake, if she be by, beg her for an alibi. Captain of our ferry band, 
Helena is here at hand, and the youth mistook by me, pleading love from saddened she. Shall we their fine pageancy? Lord, what fools these mortals be! Stand aside. The noise they make will cause Demetrius to soon awake. Then will two at once woo one. She gets one that she is done. And those things do best please me that unfold preposterously. Why should you think that I seduce in scorn? You'll never find derision in my tears. Look, when I vow, I weep. And vows so born in their unfolding, then all truth appears. <laughs> How can my feelings all seem scorned to you when they bear marks of faith to prove them true? <laughs> you do perfect your cunning more and more. When truth kills truth, what an unholy mess. These vows are Hermia's, whom you adore. Weigh oath with oath, you'll measure nothing less. To balance both our vows upon two scales, they'd weigh the same, as light as fairy tales. I had no judgment when to her I swore. Not when it's Hermia you would deplore. Demetrius loves her and he loves not you. Uh-huh. Oh. Helena, my goddess, oh, my nymph divine, to what? My love, shall I compare thine eye? Uh, crystal is muddy. Oh, how ripe and show your lips, those kissing cherries tempting grow, that iridescent white of highest mountain snow blown with the eastern wind becomes a crow when you hold up your hand. Oh, let me kiss this princess of pure white, this seal of bliss. Oh, oh. <gasps> Oh, hell! I see you all are bent to mock my passions for your merriment. Helen, if you were civil and knew courtesy, Help. you would not do me this much injury. Please. Can you not hate me as I know you do? But you must join in souls to mock me too? Help me. Play On podcast series, A Midsummer Night's Dream, was translated into the modern tongue by Jeff Witte and directed by Catherine Eaton. Sound designer, Arjun Chef. Sound engineer, Sadaharu Yagi. Dialogue editor, Larry Walsh. Executive producer, Michael Goodfriend. Senior producer, Miriam Lauba. Managing producer, Robert Cappadona. Coordinating producer, Taylor Bailey. Casting by the Telsey office, Karen Castle, CSA, and Ada Karamanian. The cast is as follows. Alexandra Henriksen as Helena. Amari Cheatham as Oberon. Armando McLean as Aegeus and Snug. Cedric Lamar as Flute and Mustard Seed. Christopher Livingston as Demetrius and Peas Blossom. Daisuke Tsuji as Pak. David Fur as Theseus. Gopal Kifan as Lysander. Jamie Ann Romero as 
as Hermia and Cobweb, Gina Yi as Quince and Moth, Jen Harris as Bottom, Manila Luzon as Hippolyta, and Michelle Beck as Titania. Additional support was provided by Voice and Text Consultant, Rebecca Clark Carey. Equipment and Recording Engineer, Tommy Freed, the Senior Manager of Business Operations and Partnerships at Next Chapter Podcasts, is Sally Cade Holmes. The Play On Podcast Series, A Midsummer Night's Dream, is produced by Next Chapter Podcasts and is made possible by the generous support of the Hits Foundation. For more about the series, go to playonpodcasts.com, where you'll find interviews with the artists, producers, and engineers who brought it all to life. Bottoms up. Next chapter podcasts.